Welcome to the Move More Podcast, powered by the Performance and Recovery Team at Carolina Movement Doc. Since 2022, the CMD team has been helping athletes of all capabilities move more, move often, and move well. From our doctors of physical therapy to our skilled sports massage therapists and our in-house dietitian, our team will cover topics pertaining to performance, recovery, fueling, and overall mindset to help achieve the ultimate level of health. Interested in working with us in person? Get a hold of our team today and find out how we can transform the way you look at healthcare. Get a hold of us at www.carolinamovementdoc.com. I am your host, Dr. Scott Jablanca, performance physical therapist here in Charlotte, North Carolina. On this episode, we're going to answer the obvious question as to why we all should strive to be that immortal athlete that we keep talking about. We're going to lean heavy into the impact that we have on others and includes the next generation as well. So turn up the volume. We're going to have fun with this one. Let's go, guys. I'm going to be really real with you guys just for a second. I am worried, like seriously worried. You know, this next generation that's falling behind us needs some serious help. In fact, we need help as a population and generation today. You know, if we're looking to, to be, you know, to better ourselves or to hopefully better our youngsters, then we are really missing the boat here. And I did a lot of research, you know, you know skimming the survey, they, we, it can get lost into some of the numbers only because it's so discouraging it's it's almost depressing ironically enough to say so let's uh, i'm gonna throw some numbers at you guys and it's not to put fear in you um and you've probably heard a lot of this before right so when we talk about immortal athlete the three things are physically fit mentally strong and spiritually sound we're gonna break it down into some of the numbers as to how we are not succeeding in any three of these categories really so first one yeah physically fit this is something that we preach that's something that we practice ourselves as far as being strong being fit cardiovascular endurance stamina coordination balance all these good things so we preach it but the united states in general uh, we are falling short Right. And I like to look at it from like a healthcare standpoint. You know, what what is it costing the American public or the medical industry? What is it costing uh, that industry as far as things that we could potentially avoid just through being physically fit? And the first one that really kind of comes to mind is you know, straight up you know, obesity. All right. Now I know BMI, that scale is kind of crap. Actually, it is crap. It's based on just two numbers and doesn't take into, into consideration a lot of factors. In fact, by BMI, I'm overweight. If that's the case, I'm happy to be overweight. I kind of like where I'm at. All right. Cause I, I really care about my body is how it's able to perform and what can I, what can I do with my body in real life? Like being a dad, being a husband, you know, somebody's got to carry all the suitcases, right? But the medical cost for obesity-related illnesses ranges from 147 to 210 billion dollars a year. That's with a B, not an M. A B. 210 billion dollars spent on obesity-related illnesses. Now, there are some medical diagnoses that you know per, that leave people severely disadvantaged as to you know can they quote unquote lose weight or lose fat and I, that's not lost on me and i'm sensitive to that but um the majority of the population obesity related illnesses i'm sorry to say and i'm sorry if it offends anybody but this stuff is 100 preventable and manageable 
through being physically fit and the pro the principles and properties of strength training and exercise uh you can say diet and exercise at the same time sure uh but being physically fit and just being strong in general that fitness level can combat a lot of these obesity related illnesses 210 billion imagine what we could do as a community as a society with 210 billion dollars where could we reinvest some of that money in as opposed to just wasting it away with some of this healthcare cause Here, here's another number um this is also kind of uh, discouraging you know medical costs for uh, diabetes related illnesses these can reach up to or get as high as 306 billion again with a b 306 billion dollars a year for diabetes related illnesses Okay, not entirely entirely preventable, and I get that diabetes has to be managed, but at the same time, a lot of this stuff can be prevented and managed and reduced through physical fitness alone. But what do we do as a medical society? We throw medicine at it. It's you have this, try this. Okay, very rarely have I ever heard anybody come into my office and say, hey, my doctor actually prescribed me to see a dietitian, or my doctor actually suggested I go see such and such personal trainer or venture inside this gym because you figured this would be the best long-term solution instead with the quick quick visits all they get is prescription maybe the newest and latest greatest medication whichever the pharmaceutical company was able to sell them at the time during their sales rep meeting whatever i can get on my soapbox about it but at the same time we need to be better as a society so we don't have to spend 306 billion dollars a year to deal with something that can be prevented i know i'm going to offend a lot of people but sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow and this stuff needs to be said or at least needs to be brought to life so we understand what we're doing now we can be mad about what the government does all that i'm not political anything like that you won't hear on my soapbox about any politics but if we're going to complain about where our money our tax dollars are being spent why not look at these numbers and these are where we can affect investments in our community, investments in healthcare. If we would just really turn ourselves around as a society, can we help everybody as a society to stop wasting, I'm going to say it, wasting money dealing with issues that can easily, well, not easily, but very readily be prevented, obesity and diabetes. Medical cost for heart disease can reach up to $240 billion a year. Heart disease. Again, yes, I know some is congenital. Some do you can't really stop because it kind of runs in your family, whatever. However, a lot of heart disease is related to just overall sedentary lifestyle, like sedentary. Now, it could be the way I was brought up. God bless my mom and dad. But when I'm sitting still and I am lazy and I know I'm lazy and usually it's like day two of just laying around. I don't feel well. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel productive. I don't feel like a contributing member to society because it's in my nature that I need to get up and do something. But anybody who has a sedentary lifestyle, I just don't understand how it is completely okay laying around and doing nothing for the majority of your days. It's kind of a hard pill to swallow. I think that we need to change your mindset so we can get past this diabetes, past this obesity, past uh, increased risk of heart disease. We, we can't. These are all things that can be reduced or even prevented through physical fitness and healthier lifestyle changes. There's a direct correlation, guys, between strength and longevity, all right? Again, we wanna die as young as late as possible. 
I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. Die as young as late as possible. Now, these numbers that I just said, they don't indicate that we're dying young late. We're dying young very, very early. Honestly, you're even dying old early. It's almost the opposite. So we need to be better about the physical fitness. And I'm always going to be in my soapbox against that. And there's always going to be some kickback, and I know that. But I'm going to be persistent in my in my journey to really get everybody to get up off the couch and really start that couch potato to 5K. I love that. I mean, it's easy to say. It's kind of a catchy thing. But the whole concept is you're a couch potato. We get it. Good. Swallow your pride. Get up. And let me show you how it's done. Once we get more people to have that and kind of dive into that and invest their time, they're going to realize that life dramatically improves. The, the, just the benefits, the physiologic response to overall fitness and exercise is tremendous, and they're going to kick that sedentary lifestyle. Now, let's talk about the second one, this mental health. I'm, I'm really excited about this one because um, we're going to bring in a lot of other people down the road as far as um, interviews for mental health because it's not really talked about. There's a stigma behind it, and people tend to shy away from opening up about it, but we're going to talk to people who are not shy. I'm not shy. A lot of people I'm going to talk to are not shy, but we need to look at why we're doing it. You know, Why is it important? Let's throw some numbers at you. And these these probably won't be surprising to you. you know, since 2011, the suicide rate has increased over 16%, according to the CDC. 16% since 2011. That's a lot. If you think about the entire population, what that is, 16% of that is the increase. That means it's increased from wherever it was. From 2010 to 2019, there's been a widespread increase in depression to almost one in 10 Americans and one in five adolescents and young adults. One in five, that's a number that, that is really concerning because the one in 10 Americans, is, it's, that's a lot. That's you know, 10%. But the one in five young adults and adolescents, what are we doing? Where are we missing it? That should, that should raise a lot of red flags and that should ring some serious alarms. Why is it that our youngsters and our adolescents have so much widespread depression? That is a problem. More than 20% of adolescents have seriously considered suicide. Think about this just for a second, okay? Picture that you have children okay some people do but those who don't just picture that you have children and let's say you have five let's make math easy okay five kids and even just one of them is seriously considering suicide would that not alarm you would that not alarm you i would go and probably put money on that the majority if not all of you are going to say yeah that'd be alarming i am seriously concerned as a society, I think that we should be very, very concerned about that number. And that is just disheartening. With the rising numbers of both depression and suicide, there, there really has been very little increase in the treatment options to help combat these urgent needs. I mean, if there was, you would probably see a reduction in these numbers, an improvement of some sort. But in fact, you're seeing that downward slide of depression, anxiety. More kids are being diagnosed with anxiety disorders and Sure, some other probably things that are made up along the way with abbreviations or whatever. But th at the same time, suicidal thoughts and depression, that's wreaking havoc in our society. And we really need to dive into how do we, one, address it, nip it in the bud and improve upon it. Perhaps it can be up to us as a community to step up, to try to narrow this ever so widening gap between the real issues at hand and the options for help. Can we be that extra option? Can we be the most accessible option? Can we be the most affordable 
the most logical, I would probably venture to say the most logical option to really address this at the root cause, at the adolescents, at the youngsters. And can we improve upon these lives? We have to be able to address this. We can be that help. So if there's ever any numbers as to explain why being mentally strong is so important, let that sink in. One in 10 Americans, one in five adolescents. Widespread depression, 16% in suicide rate. Since 2011, wasn't that long ago, guys, 10 years ago, 16%. Think 20 or 30 more years from now at that rate. Interesting, okay? Also alarming. So let's eliminate the stigma of you know, you know, seeing a therapist. There's a stigma behind that. It's like, oh, usually when somebody says I'm seeing a therapist, they're looked down on. I think we need to support that. I think there needs to be more people in the therapist community as far as, you know, mental health, because really we all kind of need it. You know, we need expert advice, advice for our minds, just as much as we need expert advice for injured body parts. When people get hurt, tendonitis, the broken bone, whatever, they seek me out because I'm an expert in what I do. And they're more than happy to invest the time and effort into improving themselves. The same thing should happen for our minds. But for some reason, there's still a stigma behind it. And we need to do better as a community to nip this in the bud so those numbers don't continue to blossom out of control. Mentally strong. Now, spiritually sound. This is the last little ticket here. Okay, you know, what is, you know, what, what does it mean? Or what, what spiritually sound actually really represent? Now, this is a concept, you know, based on certain principles uh, that I've really been working on recently to help me kind of stay focused and motivated. And I, I like to break it down into three things only because, um, you know, there aren't really many numbers on, you know, the, you know spirituality because it's a very loose definition. Uh, I kept it loose for a reason. Um, but I want to kind of bring to light some of the concepts. You know, there's three main ones. And, you know, personally, I'm working on this and I've gotten tremendous amount of progress from it too. A lot of peace in mind um, and a lot of anxiety released just from working on being way more uh, spiritually sound. So if there's any a testament, full disclosure from my part, um, this is where I'm working on the most and this is where I've made the most progress. Number one, number one. Be comfortable with emotions or feelings. You got to be comfortable with it. And remember, you are a human. You are allowed to have feelings. You can eat your feelings if you want to, but you are allowed to have them. You shouldn't be ashamed of them. But I have learned to try and accept that I'm human and I'm going to have these feelings, but I cannot let these emotions cloud judgment or affect big decisions or harm relationships of those around me. So I have to be comfortable saying, yes, I have these feelings. Good. I need to be able to take a step back, have some composure and really reflect on what this really means and how it affects me. That's, that's the first concept of spiritually sound. Somebody who is not is going to be quick to react, quick with the tongue, to have that knee-jerk reaction. And they're going to make those big decisions based on emotions alone. And nine times out of 10, they're going to regret those decisions. They're going to harm relationships around them. They're going to have a negative effect on those around them too. So we need to be comfortable with our emotions, accept the fact that we're allowed to have them, and then sit back, reflect, and then respond accordingly instead of react. Two, number two, eliminate distractions. Bingo, bango, bongo. Uh, if you're writing any notes, if you're one of those people that write notes, go ahead, write this down, circle this, put stars next to it. Eliminate distractions. Tune out the noise. Distractions. Oh, man, they suck. 
here all around us. It's it's stupid. You know, they create. I mean, in my opinion, it's the creation of the devil himself trying to make us think that we aren't good enough, or we should look a certain way, or you know, we should behave a certain way, that, or we're just doing like unsatisfactory work. It's almost like you're getting that paperback in school, and there's red marks all over it, and you know, the teacher says, "See me after class," because you know you just kind of messed up. It's those kind of distractions sent by the devil himself to make you think that you're not good enough. Now, if someone who's more spiritually sound will identify this and say, that's just an attack. Let me take a step. I got this, right? You can get caught up easily and, and, and it happens all the time. Social media is nasty for this. There's a whole bunch of comparisonitis that results from social media because you're only going to see someone's highlight reel. You're never going to see the struggle. Well, not never, but you rarely see the struggle. You always see the best and the brightest and the most greatest things happen to certain people because it's a glorified highlight reel. Do not be distracted by that that is just a giant facade all right because if you get caught up in that it can just leave you wanting to do or trying to be somebody else and this can leave you hanging by a thread so eliminate these distractions as much as you can go as far as just taking stupid things off your phone like instagram they're not i mean yes i'm on instagram as far as producing content but some of this stuff just stop following certain accounts just eliminate them and don't even give it any more of your attention eliminate get rid of it number two hard to do tough pill to swallow because they're so accustomed to it but i promise you once you try it once you do it you're gonna like it and three just stay we got to stay completely true to our beliefs because we are so apt to just conform what is everybody else doing where is the masses going you know you have your own thoughts have them be the tim tebow all right all right we talked about this in the last podcast you know go back stop this go Go listen to that. Go listen to what Tim Tebow did with the Tim Tebow Foundation and how convicted he was every time he scored a touchdown, okay? It's unwavering conviction in your beliefs. You're your own person. We have to strive. We don't have to strive to be like anybody else but yourself, right? You have your own way of doing things. You have your own way of living. And that living is is the greatest for you and only you and your family. And that is really what matters the most. Nobody really ma- cares about what we are doing as a family. If they are judging us, let them judge whatever, but just understand that stay true to your beliefs because it only affects you and your family. Good. Stop, rewind, play. Let's listen to and read that again. Okay. Stay true to your beliefs because it only affects you and your family. Nobody else. Once you get that concept in your head and you really truly understand that and realize that that is true, you're going to have a lot more anxiety lifting off your shoulders. You're going to start to eliminate some of the comparisonitis and you do not have to keep up with the Joneses. Because that is going to lead you down a very, very dark path. So someone who is spiritually sound stays true to their beliefs and they really don't give two craps what everyone else around them thinks. And those are the people that I respect. And those are the people that I actually look up to. So let's bring it back around, guys. The why. You know, why strive to be immortal, right? To, to, to put it bluntly, if we're listening back and we reflect on some of the notes that you may have taken, it's quite literally to save, to save lives, it's, it's to prolong life expectancy, to, to reduce unnecessary hospitalizations and to, to help give our adolescents more of a fighting chance in this world. And it starts with leading from the front. It starts with us. And if we're not leading from the front, at least we're trying to provide for somebody else to do that because we need to be better, right? So set the example. So go back and listen to our last episode if you can on um, some of the great athletes who embody the immortal athlete mentality. Think about what kind of impact you know, you know, they have made. Again, guys, it's physically fit, mentally strong, spiritually sound. 
Work on solidifying all three of these pillars and I think you'll find it extremely easy to start to trickle down effect to those around you. It's going to really affect everybody in your community, not only for you, your spouse if you have a spouse, your children if you have children, your neighbors, your community, your school your gym, whichever you spend a lot more of your time, you're going to realize that the effect that that has will trickle down and it's going to spread through the community like a brush fire. And I hope it does. I hope you found this podcast interesting. I like talking about this stuff. Uh, find this podcast in any platform that has a podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Uh, if you want to start working with us, you want a topic to talk about, go ahead and reach out. You can find us on Facebook at Carolina Movement Doc. You can find us on the Instagram at Carolina underscore movement underscore doc. And on the website at www.carolinamovementdoc.com, reach out to us. We'll have somebody reach out to you. We love talking. We love meeting new people. But for now, I'm Dr. Scott Jablanca, performance physical therapist here in Charlotte, North Carolina for the Move More podcast. I'm signing off, guys. I'll see you next time. Ah!